Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. No, 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 no one. No one. No one gives you fatties like Skippy and Fish. Show me the money. Let's get it rolling. BetQL. Picking fatties. Hey, what's up? Welcome back. It's BetQL Picking Fatties. Sports betting podcast. It's Thursday, September 29th, 2022. It's your boy, Bish. Uh, usually Skippy is, uh, is with us, but he's got another work function. So sitting in for Skip is our good friend Pete Haley from NBC Sports Washington. He's a commander's beat reporter. He's joined the show before. Pete, what's up, buddy? Thanks for joining in, man. Appreciate it. Not a problem. Uh, all the uh, players I cover always talk about it being a net, next man up league, and this is a next man up podcast, so uh, happy to fill in. <laughs> there you go. All right, so let's just get into it, man. You're out of practice every day. We got a, a big game. We've been talking about it on the Junkies all week. Bickle says it's not a code red game, and I, I don't think it's a code red game either. If they lose, I think the Tennessee game will be code red, but uh, I still think uh, they got to win this somehow. Um Talk to me about how you're feeling about Carson Wentz. And then when you're at practice, when you're watching the offense, do they look kind of out of sorts at practice like they do in games? So the practice portions we get to see, it's not like training camp. So we don't get to see them do full teamwork anymore. It's all just the individual warmups where I I would assume every NFL offense looks good. Uh, You know, Wentz is just hanging out, tossing passes to McLaurin and Samuel. Like it's nothing. So we can't really tell if they are, working well in the practice field and then falling apart in games, or if it's a mess here and as well uh, in regular season matchups. But in terms of how I feel about the game last week, after that Detroit debacle, I was heavy on the commanders covering. I was like, there's no way they're going to do worse than what they did against the lions. And then they literally found a way to somehow be a little bit worse. So while people are playing kind of the bounce back theory this week, I'm sitting it out because that's how I felt last week. I saw all the same signs and I was like, they're covering. And then they looked even just more disorganized. However, I think it's a good spot for the commanders with it being plus three. I think I saw some plus three and a half. Just if they can't adjust now, if they can't figure out how to move the ball effectively now, then what's the point of having a coaching staff? This is what they get paid for to figure out ways to scheme around their weaknesses. So I expect them to come out pretty focused and again, not fall behind by 22, 24, 26, nothing, even though I'm sure they'll do that and make me look like an idiot. Well, I am looking at the numbers here. Plus three and a half, plus one forty-five on the money line, forty-one and a half is your tote. Um, I get what you're saying about how you know these guys get paid and they, you know, they want to get better and they're out there working on all the mistakes that they made in the in the Philly game and the Detroit game. But I mean, you can only do so much as a coaching staff. The players still have to perform, and I just don't think the offensive line is good enough. 
they, they got some injuries. You can talk about that. Wentz, obviously, um, when he's not playing well, his confidence level just dips. Uh, they, they really can't run the ball. I thought that Gibson would be better. Um, not saying it's all his fault, but, you know, on paper they got weapons, but Wentz just doesn't seem to get the ball to those guys consistently. So they – and they're working on all these mistakes during the week in practice, but Dallas gets paid too. You know, they got some pretty good players over there. Yeah, no, there's there's a definite awareness of what Micah Parsons can do. Uh, Jahan Dotson was actually roommates with Micah Parsons at Penn State, so they're uh, very familiar with each other. I think it's going to be a huge Antonio Gibson game because what's the best way to eliminate a pass rush is to not even give the Cowboys the option to rush the passer because they are instead handling a running back coming at them. Uh, the word, uh, you know, running game, being more efficient, sticking with it, these are all phrases we're hearing. We talked to Scott Turner an hour ago. And he's pretty adamant that they need to focus on that a little bit more to make Wentz's job easier. And while Gibson's numbers against Philly didn't look great, his last carry was a minus 10-yard rush. Before that, he was at 11 attempts for, I think, 48 yards, which would have been more than four yards of pop. So I really am expecting Gibson to handle a lot of responsibility. And I think Terry McLaurin, too. Terry and Scott Turner had a conversation this week about uh, Scott wanting to remind Terry, look, I know you're important. I know we're not getting you the ball enough. We're going to do that more in the future. So I think those two are going to be the guys who uh, manage this offense. And I think it's just going to be on Carson. I think it's being pounded into his head, hit your back foot and get the ball out. What you did last week in terms of holding it is not acceptable. And I think Scott Turner also knows he can't make Carson stand back there the whole time. He's got to call some plays that focus on being quicker too. All right. So before we move on to Jacksonville, Philly, um, just to kind of sum it all up, if they win, they're two and two, and everyone's happy. And now they're a playoff team again. If they lose one and three, two division losses, um, three NFC losses, what's going to be the uh, what's going to be the vibe at, at Redskins Park next week? It's going to be uh, tense. I mean, Ron is like most coaches, not very pleasant to deal with after losses, but he he starts to get like kind of suffocated. Where when we ask him questions, he starts to get very combative. And mm-hmm. uh, the players, to their credit, you know, walking through that locker room just now, there wasn't much of a, like, uh, we're super pissed off. Not that they're not focused, but, like, they're still confident. They're still being buddies. It's not uh, super, uh, you know, like a graveyard in there or anything like that. But um, one in three, three losses in a row, that Jacksonville game is going to feel like it happened in 2009. So I think they badly need, of course, you want a victory, but at least just a a, a first half performance where they look engaged and it looks like they practice all week instead of just showed up on Sunday. And then if something happens in the second half where they fall a little short, okay. Uh, I certainly don't care about moral victories, but that could at least show Ron and this team that they're, that they are able to correct what they've been doing wrong. But if it's another 10 or 17 point loss and they just get manhandled, then I think people are going to start pointing fingers and, and the coaching staff is going to start getting very defensive. Yeah. Ron does get real pissed off after losses. I definitely so that. so snippy. He's very snippy and nice to short an- short answers too. Very short answers. Yeah, I call him right. Ron Vega after losses because he gets very vague at the podium. <laughs> I love it. All right, so you like Washington plus the points. All right, uh, um, all right. We'll move on to Philly, Jacksonville. Philly lays six and a half. They're minus two seventy five on the money. Jacksonville coming back is plus two thirty five. Your total uh, forty six. I don't know about the weather in this game because obviously. Hurricane uh, Ian's all moving up. I don't. It's going to be raining here in the D.C. area Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So I assume there'll be some precip in Philly, but it could, maybe it's not very heavy. 
Um, I think this is kind of a big number to give Jacksonville just because, you know, we saw it. I mean, they didn't look great for four quarters offensively in the Washington game. But since then, Trevor Lawrence has been balling out. Um, his completion percentage is 70. He's got six touchdowns already. He only had 12 all of last year. So obviously way ahead of, of pace there. And James Robinson, he can run. He's averaging four and a half a carry. Etienne can run. He's averaging four and a half a carry. Christian Kirk's legit. You know, he's already got three touchdowns. So, um, you know, Philly is good. They're really good. And their front seven's legit. And they got weapons offensively, too. I just think Jacksonville will stick around a little bit in this. What do you think? I'm right there with you. I think, you know, as, as I was preparing for this, because I prepare, because I'm a professional, I care about making you your, uh, your program uh, really you important. That's here. why we ask um, you back. <laughs> I think Trevor Lawrence, and it's still early, he's only played well for a couple weeks, but if he's on his way to this elite quarterback status, you know, the Josh Allen, the Mahomes, that sort of category, there might be some value nowadays as he's on his way to that before he gets there, before he's treated like that. So like, Getting any of those quarterbacks, like a Lamar Jackson at six and a half, of course, you're going to always go that way. It's so rare, and you would love to have a quarterback in an underdog role. I'm not saying Lawrence is like that, but if he's growing into that and before the market adjusts to him being that, I would love to get Trevor Lawrence with a six and a half point head start. So I like the Jaguars too, and I like the under. That Philly defense against the Commanders, one thing that stuck out to me was their tackling was very sure-handed. There's no extra yards, free yards. So while Jacksonville, I think, can move the ball, both run and pass, I don't think there'll be a lot of big plays. And we know that the Eagles like to run the ball too. And if there is weather, that only helps the under. So Jaguars and under are the two plays I like there. Like, and I, I just think that Jacksonville will be able to move the ball better because their offensive line is better than Washington's. They can run the ball much better than Washington. If Lawrence gets spooked in the pocket, he can bounce out and yep. he can run. Um, so yeah, I just, I, I like the, uh, I like the points, not saying they win hell if they win, man, that's all that's, that's all the media is going to be talking about next week is Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence, but we'll see. Um, all right, quickly, let's, uh, touch on tonight's game. Cincy hosting the dolphins, uh, obviously a short week and it's currently three and a half. So Cincy lays three and a half, they're almost two to one on the money. 48 and a half is the total. Uh, Miami's offense really wasn't on the field a ton last week. Buffalo was on the field more, and I think they had a huge lead in, in time of possession, and Josh Allen threw almost 60 passes, maybe over 60. Um, but they were gassed. It was so hot down there in Miami. Miami gets the win. They're 3-0, one of two teams. They're 3-0 with Philly. Uh, but I know that they got some injury questions here with Miami, with Tua and Waddle. Um I still like Miami here. I just don't think Cincinnati is can match them defensively. I just like Miami's defense a little bit better. I think they'll get after Burrow. Could be totally wrong on this, but if I'm playing this game, I'm taking Miami. I would even play them on the money line plus 160. How you feeling? I would go the other way as like a pretty standard, how can the Dolphins keep this up? Two weeks ago, scoring 42 against the Ravens with four touchdowns in the fourth quarter, then beating the Bills in a game where they shouldn't, where the box score was super-duper lopsided. And, uh, you know, they punted the ball off their own guy's butt and they somehow still won. Like, how can they win those two games and now go on a short week on the road and take out the Bengals, who showed some more life last week against the Jets? But my favorite play here is a Joe Mixon touchdown. I think I saw it at minus 135. So it's not, you know, the sexiest payout, but he hasn't scored a rushing touchdown yet this year. But he has the second most inside the 10 yard line carries uh, with seven. He has four attempts inside the five. So they give him the ball a ton near that goal line. And I think he's too good of a running back to 
be shut out in terms of rushing touchdowns four games in a row. So Mixon touchdown is the prop I would play. I'm against you with the uh, the spread, but that's all right. This is America. You can choose which side you want based on me and Jason's explanation. Yeah. The one thing that kind of jumps out at me about Cincinnati's offense is Joe Burrow. I don't know where he ranks in this statistic, but he's been sacked 15 times. Yeah. So I think that the defensive line for Miami linebackers, um, their defensive coordinator, Josh Boyer, he's pretty aggressive. I think they're going to come after him. Um, so I can see where you're saying. I mean, it's a home game for Cincy. They looked much better last week, but I'm going to take Miami um, in this game. I'll take uh, I'll take them on the money line plus 160, and we'll see what happens. All right. So you like Washington plus the points. You like the Jags plus the points. You like Cincy, especially with the prop with Joe Mixon to score a touchdown. Anything else on the weekend that you've been looking at? Yeah, for back to the commanders, I touched on Gibson and McLaurin. Gibson's number is 57 and a half. That's probably my favorite prop of the weekend going over. And if you want to get sassy, maybe you play an alternate line. I just think they're going to give him the ball. He's gotten it about 14 times a game. I think that number goes up to 18. And last week against the Eagles, he showed some good vision on cutbacks and stuff. I think there's a, a couple big runs that are about to pop, and they're just going to need him to balance out what the Cowboys can do defensively. McLaurin's number is 54 and a half. As I said, him and Scott Turner are chatting about how to get him the ball. I think that comes to fruition. Trayvon Diggs is scary, but he's also very risk-heavy. Uh, so if you get behind him on a double move, McLaurin can get this on one play. Um, and in addition to that, just games I like. I think my favorite is Patriots. Plus nine and a half going to Lambeau. It's ugly. It feels nasty to even consider this. But I don't know. It, it, trusting Belichick has become sort of a cliche. But it's not like the Packers are clicking on all cylinders yet uh, with Ramondre Stevenson in that backfield for New England uh, and just trying to make that game ugly. I think the Patriots can keep that close in what uh, feels like a prime time kind of matchup. But I think in reality it will be a bit of a tough watch, but nine and a half points for the Patriots going in there. I think that's a, that's a fun, wow. uh, just kind of hold your nose play. You like Brian Hoyer plus the points. I love it. Okay. <laughs> hey, Brian um, Hoyer by the way, I just looked it up. Yeah. I just looked right. I just looked it up. Uh, Burrow and your boy Carson Wentz uh, have been sacked the most. And I guess that's not surprising, but uh, both have 15 sacks. So um, that's why I kind of like Miami's defense to get after Joe Burrow. All right. Hey, sure. Pete, I appreciate it. Why don't you uh, tell our listeners what your Twitter handle is and what your podcast is? Give all that good stuff. Yes. At Pete Haley, NBCS on Twitter. The podcast is Washington Football Talk. And Jason, you'll like this. JP, Mitch and I, the hosts of the Washington Football Talk. I don't know if you've heard about this through the station, through the through the gossip pipeline, through three weeks at the Westgate Super Contest in Vegas. Mitch, JP, and I are tied for first, 14-1 and one against the spread. We chopped $22,000 uh, this week wow. after after picking the uh, – we had the Cowboys in the Monday night game. That was our 14th out of 15, and that vaulted us into the top three. We tied with two other groups, $65,000 pot. 22 coming to our podcast. So maybe, that maybe listen awesome. to my plays. <laughs> I, I'm listening, man. I did not know that. That is great. That's yeah, much better than skipping an eye lately. That is great. <laughs> yeah, bro. I mean, we'll, keep... we'll, we'll, we'll crash soon, but it's been really fun. And uh, just knowing that we're on top of all these sharps and guys with spreadsheets, it feels real good. That's great, man. That's awesome. I will ride the wave, bro. That's what I'm saying. Just ride the wave. Hey, Pete, thanks Absolutely. a lot. 
Um, so we'll be back on Saturday morning. Skippy will be back on Saturday morning. We'll uh, we'll preview all those Saturday games and give our plays. Appreciate it. This is BetQL Picking Fatties. See you Saturday. Peace.